Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, let's get into it. How fucking pumped up are you right now? I'm really glad that they won that series. I mean, it's one of the best series I've seen them play this year, including in that third game of the series was just spectacular. The things they went through, uh, the things that happened. We talked about last time on the pod about uh, different guys showing up, uh, down on the order, down in the order. And they sure did. Uh, I mean, When's the last time you heard uh, in this series that Dylan Moore hit two home runs in one game, followed up by a four-hit game the next day? So getting it from everybody, uh, bullpen by committee uh, was fantastic. Um, Starting pitching was okay. Logan didn't have his stuff so much in the series, but he battled through. When you get, you know, 19 runs and over 40 hits versus nine runs and just under 30, I think 27 to be exact for the Astros, that's a recipe for a sweep. I mean, that's just unheard of against this team. And uh, the Mariners uh, did what they need to do, and they got to keep it going. Yeah, I mean, the, it all boils down to me the, to the biggest excitement. It was definitely these last two innings here in Game Three. It was such it was such a pivotal swing uh, kind of situation. There, you get the sweep or you don't. Yeah, you, you either pull in with a half game or you're going back to two and a half games probably getting uh you'd probably be a half game behind or you would be a half game behind toronto because they win um you also put the pressure on uh, the texas rangers you know uh by doing that staying in within a series a, a series worth of games uh where you can uh you know control your own destiny right there i think the last time we had this kind of inning to me or impactful uh end of a game or 
the outcome of the game was when we were playing that Toronto series, that final Toronto game during the Taylor Swift weekend. And we lost that game three, how big of a swing that was at the time. And, you know, and it put you back a week or two of crawling back in to get into that. And, um, actually a month, just about a month. So, uh, these are big swing, uh, series wins. Um, man. And, and, and you throw in the historic stuff that Julio was doing. In a four-game span, Julio had four wins. Yankees had none. Uh, he matched the Yankees with 17 total hits in 14 in four games. Uh, he had five runs. The Yankees only scored four. He had five stolen bases. The Yankees did not steal a base. Uh, I get it. It was a historically terrible uh, four-game stretch for the Yankees and a historically great game for Julio. But that was a fun stat to see. Yeah, anytime that you're ragging on the Yankees, I'm all for it. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. There's 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 so many highlights from this weekend, and it's you know the first sweep they've had since 2018. So this group, this is the first sweep they've had down in Houston. They also clinch a series win. They clinch the tiebreaker if that comes into play. I mean, this was just just huge all around, and that's an understatement. Um, it, it was. You could just see the excitement of the guys uh, in the happy dance and, you know, doing the high fives off the field. I saw Scott service a great moment where he just he kind of stepped more out of the line and made sure he really gave uh, a Eugenio, you know, some good dap and a nice slap on the ass because he had a hell of a game here in game three, had a great series. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, let's uh, let's just take it back from the top and let's enjoy the series. How about we do that? Five bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, and somebody and, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant. And he goes, "You're the you're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it, and he goes. You're a great man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, that first game uh, was great. Just got enough with a couple solo shots. Julio, like you mentioned, kept his streak going. Mike Ford, who's been not very good at, of late, I think two for his last 39 or so, came through with a big uh, add-on home run and uh, – had a few, uh, at least a couple more hits throughout the series. But yeah, that, that's all you needed with Bryce Miller um, kind of changing up his game plan. Scott Service talked about that. Houston's very good at pre scouting and kind of trying to figure out what uh, the other team does. And uh, a lot of secondary stuff from uh, Bryce Miller, and it was successful and it was a great 2 uh, 0 win to start off the series. Yeah, and obviously the bullpen, spoiler alert, was clean. You got Topo going one and two-thirds. You got Munoz coming in and having a clean inning. I mean, yeah, he got a clean inning, I should say. He gave up two hits, but none of those hits left the infield. Those were all balls that pretty much should have been out in my book. It was a little bit of like piss-on-your-leg kind of defense mental stuff, and then all of a sudden just recovered with, with a great stud play. Yeah. You're talking about the double play. Yes, I am. Yeah. It was fantastic. Going to his right, throwing across his body, not wasting any motion, keeping the ball 
and throwing it from the slot right where he received it. Uh, Caballero made a nice catch and fired a first. Yeah, it was a web gem, no, for sure. And especially after what was happening in that inning, you know, yeah, you have the top of their lineup coming up. You get the, you know, double play ball already. And, you know, the ball comes out of Rojas's glove on the transfer. And you're just like, oh, my God, it was just excruciating. And then you get the first and third. And then you get the then all of a sudden the double play happens. It was just it was just one of those. Oh, my God. You know, we landed the plane feeling. We have Eugenio. He's saved us a lot of runs. We've talked about it multiple times here. Yeah, I feel like anytime that we're in a situation late into a game with Houston, it reminds me of the 90s and early 2000 Yankees and being in Yankee Stadium. And it just always seems like right about the bottom of the eighth to the top of the ninth, they always got their studs up there and they almost always got you in a situation. And, hey, I'm triggered from last year's uh, playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, no doubt. I mean, I can see how you correlate the Yankees uh, back in the day. Both stadiums are fired up. They're kind of hostile environments. Both fan bases at the time uh, weren't very fond of each other. A lot of momentum. Uh, a lot of, you know, when you can tell when things start going wrong down there in Houston, the crowd brings their volume up, but the Mariners were able to uh, just shut that down real quickly there. Uh, I'm really, really happy the way the Mariners have played lately in, in buildings that have been juiced up. I mean, playing in Seattle against Toronto, uh, against Baltimore, um, and then obviously down here, those are games where the uh, crowd can have effect and there's momentum swings throughout these series and the Mariners sure held their own. This game too, I guess this was just probably the, not probably, obviously the most enjoyable Saturday night uh, we've had all season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you were getting contributions, guys hitting out the ballpark, hitting the ball of the ballpark, like I mentioned earlier, two home runs from Dylan Moore, a home run from Sam Haggerty. But you also had a great defensive play in left field from Cade Marlowe. I mean, to me, that was kind of the unknown factor of the game. He got a couple shoestring catches, played a ball beautifully off the Crawford box to throw out uh, Altuve. And then in that corner, just right of uh, the Crawford box and that little nook in the 366 mark, he made a nice catch. Uh, I mean, it seems pretty routine, but in that ballpark, it's kind of a anything ballpark the way it's uh, shaped and all the nooks and crannies. So yeah, it was uh, a nice, easy victory with some outstanding play from a lot of guys on the Mariner team. Yeah. And we could throw Teo Hernandez in there, you know, he had, back-to-back -back games there where he had like three hits, but it's just so overshadowed from what Julio's been doing and stuff like that. He had a great series as well at the plate. Yeah, a lot of guys are coming up at the right time. A lot of guys are, like we mentioned, and I keep mentioning is uh, different guys are stepping up, uh, you know, helping out, and that's what it takes to uh, go on a big run like this and play really good, successful ball and never feel like you're out of it. Um, Ty France at times – um, and this has all been without J.P. Crawford, which will be nice to get him back. And hopefully he just uh, comes back and starts where he left off. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. And I think, too, we, we have to talk about it. We got another almost fight between these two teams. And surprise, surprise, look who was in the middle of it. Caviero. Yeah, I mean, he's a pest. 
you know, is it ironic that he was the first guy up after the home run that he was dotted? You know, you could say that that's the case, but um, Houston's pitcher has shown to kind of lose it. And then being the next guy after giving up home run, uh, it's been, it's happened earlier in this season, but uh, since it was Caballero, the pest and, you know, a lot of history there with, him uh, manipulating the pitch clock, him having his discussions with Maldonado, the catcher earlier on the year. So yeah, um, it was, if anybody was to get hit, I was kind of glad that it was him to see a little bit of fight in the Mariners and uh, they sure did stand up for each other. Yeah. I am really surprised that it didn't pop off because usually when it's, this is the second time something happens, there's usually a, like a blow off, you know? Uh, same thing in WWE wrestling. They're only going to go in the ring a couple times and talk on the mic that, you know, and eventually one guy is going to jump out of the crowd and, uh, hit him with a chair, hit him with a stunner, uh, do something. Cause you can only talk so much. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, um, obviously, uh, felt it was intentional. So he stood up for himself and he barked at him and benches cleared. There's a lot of history between these two teams with players getting hit. And like you said, it popped off. Well, the question I'm asking you, isn't it kind of crazy? It hasn't like that it had, it, earlier. It, it hasn't. No, I mean, just period. Just going back between the Mariners since 2021, it just seems like there's been so it's been so close to boiling over and then it doesn't. And it, oh. I just find it surprising that it hasn't happened, but maybe it's just the makeup of the guys that we have on our team. If this was the older team, and I'm not saying that they're not doing the right thing by diffusing it, of course, you don't want people hurt or suspended, but I'm just surprised that you could have this many almost fights and not have a fight between the two teams. No, I see what you're saying now. Um, the benches have cleared before with guys getting hit in years past. Um so it's happened before. Am I surprised that nobody's actually throwing blows? I mean, it's hard to say, but um, there's definitely tension between the teams, no doubt. I agree with you there. Oh, yeah. Dusty Baker's the, – the one person I think that's always going to fight when they're out there is Dusty Baker. And uh, he always seems pretty adamant of doing nothing wrong, of course. But uh, I do like Dusty Baker. Um, uh, I like the old schoolness to him and stuff like that. But I also love when we make him mad and we beat him. I love it when he's hiding out in the dugout in his spots. Yeah, I've noticed he does that a lot for his superstitions of trying to change the mojo of his team and what's uh, happening and trying to change their luck. So, yeah, it's, it's a thing I definitely have noticed as well. Then, of course, Game 3, we made our way back to Game 3 that just happened. I think this was just as good as one of the playoff games that I've, I've seen in the last year of just a, a lot of sticky situations. Look how many pitchers were used to kind of remind me of a playoff game where it's all hands on sec. You had Hancock, you had Tacito, you had Thornton, you had Brash, you had Campbell, you had Topa, you had Munoz, you had Spire. That's a, that's a, I mean, obviously it turned into a bullpen game when Hancock um, started having issues out there and they had to take him out. But I mean, you know, Mariners pop out, you know, what, six to nothing. Then Houston comes back and scores five right after they have to throw Saucedo in there. Probably had to rush him in there. Not probably, definitely had to get him in there. Just didn't look like himself. 
Mariners come back an inning or so later, add on. This is like one of these victories that we've been asking for, and we've been seeing it, but this is what we were just dying and just begging and pleading for at during the first half of the season was the Mariners to be able to keep adding on. Yeah. They only added on one more run, but it was, that was the seventh run. And, you know, if you score seven runs, you should be able to win a game, especially with the, the, the arms that we have. And, and they did it. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, unfortunate for both clubs uh, to have a couple young pitchers go down early and it w- did turn into a bull- bullpen game. Uh, luckily, for us, we are one of the better bullpens as well as Houston. I think they're both top 10 in a bunch of categories. But, yeah, Sauce, uh, yeah, came out and just didn't have it today. And, you know, kind of a weird spot to be put in, like you mentioned. But uh, we were able to get um, enough of a lead and pat it on uh, for him to give up the runs that he did. And, uh, yeah, the other guys sure stepped up because the bats kind of didn't come through with a uh, – guys in in scoring position and uh it was really good for that club to or for the mariners to uh do the bullpen by committee and be as successful as they were it was huge it was definitely a bullpen victory today for the mariners you got to see a really strong finish where you bring in muñoz in the eighth inning to take on the top of the lineup and then you 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 don't get to Alvarez and Alvarez comes up to lead off the next inning against Spire. You get the lefty in there. Sure. It was a little bit, like I said earlier, still have those trigger feelings of what happened with Robbie Ray, but Spire goes and just closes this down. Um, you were kind of wondering who was coming in next when they brought in Munoz in the eighth and Munoz had such a quick inning there was the thought in my head that maybe he was going to come back out in the ninth, but obviously they liked the lefty matchup and Spire held it down. And let's not forget Brash, you know, an inning and a third earlier in the game really like settled things down. I felt like, so I, you know, you're looking at your high leverage guys, uh, you know, Brash Munoz, excellent outing here when you needed it in a big spot, when the momentum was going, it felt like, Houston had a hold of momentum that, like I said, they always get you in that position in the eighth and ninth inning. I mean, that's why they're so good and they took care of business. So I think this was a huge, I would think a very huge win, not just for the team, but especially for the bullpen, just because of, you know, in the last couple of weeks, it's, they've been used a lot and the results haven't really been there, but this is a good, I think, again, like a, a definite swing. Yeah, it's a really good moment for the Mariners. This whole series definitely shows you it takes a whole team. Uh, Julio definitely carried the mail for most of it. But you got, like you said, the bullpen was good. You got contributions from other guys up and down the lineup. You mentioned Tay Oscar. Um, I mentioned Marlo. Canzone had a great uh, four hits in this last game. Dylan Moore had some hits. So it t- it's for this team to be successful, they need it from different guys every night uh, to uh, keep it going. Uh, we saw earlier in the year when you had guys slumping and not other guys picking them up, but that's certainly not the case of how they've been playing lately, and that's been the big key for me in seeing how the Mariners have turned this around and have gone on this such a hot streak that they've been on. 
Yeah, and for me, the player of this game, I know Canzone got the four hits, and we'll talk about that in a second here, but just Eugenio with the defense, the home run, and just and the defense at these particular times. I really liked how Peacock in the broadcast, they made sure to go back and highlight that bare hand toss over to first base, how it on the third bounce, most guys would just eat it or it's not going to happen. And Eugenio just still went through, grabbed the ball, makes and a fucking amazing throw. I mean, that was, that's a web gem for sure. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned it. Uh, he grabbed the ball, like you said, bare handed and all in one motion through it. And they mentioned footwork, something Brett Boone talked about with us the last time, uh, he was on with us here recently and go check that out. I know he'll pump that up as well, but it's all about footwork and, you know, getting around the ball. And he made that throw all in one motion, like you said. So uh, it was a fantastic play. He does it day after day. Sure. He had a air this series, which was uncharacteristic, but I, you know, he gets a pass every time from me because he saves so many balls in so many clutch situations. He can make every single play. Yeah, I mean, whatever they've done, whatever him and Perry Hill have done, of course, just like you said, Brett Boone uh, talks about the footwork on that episode. But, but whatever they've unlocked, they've unlocked, like, it feels like some of his old shortstop skills. You know, he came up, he was originally a shortstop, and now you're seeing that. And I feel like he did great last year at defense, but this year is a whole nother level, especially with the mobility. Yeah, I think if you ever played shortstop, it's one of the hardest positions to play. And if you get moved around the infield, you never lose that attribute to your game. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. He takes a little bit of that and brings it to third base and it's a different position. You're not covering as much ground, but uh, playing the shortstop position and then moving, there's a lot still that he takes part of his game that he has definitely shown. Um, while he's played at third base this year. And as, and as far as defense, you know, we, we saw uh, Cade Marlowe have a great game. He's just been fantastic since he's come up. And now we're getting to see what possibly we might have gotten with Canzone. I know he got the four hits today. And let's be honest, maybe one of the best uh, pictures or memes, I'm sure this is going to be a meme, the old Magnifico with that with the hand up at second base if, is – I guess that's what that is. Uh, obviously, that's uh, an, um, also a popular emoji for texting. I've already seen the pictures. I We posted it. It's, that's just an awesome shot out there on second base. And an awesome, awesome gesture. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it seems like all the Mariners kind of have their own gestures when they get on base. I've noticed him do that before. But uh, he probably was a lot more excited to do it this time after getting oh, four yeah. hits in one game. I mean, we've seen him in the last seven days have probably his biggest career moments. Yes, he hit the big uh, home run, uh, you know, that we couldn't get the job done there in, in the series with Baltimore. Then he has a killer day in Kansas City. And then he has today's game, 4-4. And this is all within seven days. Yeah, I, I, he's He's got to be feeling more comfortable. Again, this is a guy who's what he's – still hasn't even played 30 games in the big league so i'm not gonna like crown him anything but i'm sure Jarek kelnick when he comes back is you know gonna be obviously inserted right back in the lineup he earned that but it's 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 we're looking good in the outfield right now really good and especially defensively like we're now 
you know, you look at Tom Murphy, you hope he comes back. He's been doing a lot of DHing, but really on this roster, he's, he's meant to back up Cal pinch hit, you know, get one to two starts. And with Canzone and you have, uh, Marlowe, and let's just think of when Jared Kelnick comes back. You're de- we've talked about this before. You're definitely going to see the defense feel more, uh, much more steadier, much have much more uh, confidence in them, trust in them. I think when you have Marlowe and you have a Canzone and you have a Julio out there rotating around versus Teo, uh, you, I feel like you definitely can see the difference, but also that makes the DH position so much stronger if these guys can keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Canzone too, like you said, he's not playing every day. Um, he's, and still being able to do it. You know, Marlo got the start in game two. Canzone didn't play and uh, Canzone comes up and has a big, uh, big day today. So when you're not playing every day and getting those, normal at bats you know it's kind of hard sometimes especially for young guys to uh, be in getting the groove and uh he certainly uh stepped in and anytime he's gotten his chance he's more more times than not he's uh came through for the mariners since he's been traded over right and so what do you think about hernandez moving him to dh when when jk comes back more oh. would you have him out in d would you rather him dh more than playing the field would you rather have a canzone uh, or marlo out there with jk or any any of that combinations uh, surrounding julio um yeah i i'm not of i would always put teo at dh rather than in the outfield for sure yeah, yeah i know that you feel that way but yeah, so I, I, I said it before last time too i know we said it many it. a times i'm gonna but cut together a 45 minute I'm going to cut together a 45 minute video on the off season of you just uh, hey, I, I, going, I Hey, he it. should be his DH and listen, he, I think that would be a great DH and, you know, put him out in the field if you got to put him out in the field. But I, I feel like Kate Marlowe's so good at defense and you're seeing it. And we already know how good Jared Kelnick is at defense. And we all know what Julio is. Uh, and then at this point, you're kind of splitting hairs of, do you want Canzone out there or do you want Teoscar? And I would say defensively, I'd I'd rather have Canzone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen good and bad things from both guys. Canzone seems like uh, it, it's it's hard. I haven't seen enough of Canzone and Wright. I've seen more of Teo. Um, so, but as far as uh, when Jared Kelnick comes back, I would definitely put. Um, Teoscar at DH um, but yeah that's just kind of how I feel just really feeling good about the outfield position as long as everybody stays healthy nobody kicks things nobody throws things uh, nobody gets hurt did you feel your earthquake I just got a notification yep. saying you did feel it yep. I did feel it I was about to say that but you were in the middle of a thing wow well you should have yeah you should have got under the table and protected yourself you're a pro's pro. Earthquake down here are like burps and farts, man. I mean, it, 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 they're just going to happen. 5.0 is a good one. Where where was the epicenter? Um, I'm not I don't know if I'm going to say it correctly. Oh, Jai? O J A I? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, here's the reason why I didn't feel that. I mean, yes, there's an earthquake just happened here down here in uh, Southern California while we're doing this, but the excitement of this sweep, I was unfazed by it. I thought it was just me getting all fucking pumped up here. No, I did feel my, my chair while we're doing it. We'll have to go back to the beginning of the episode and watch it because there's a point where it was going like this, and I thought it was like my seat was just kind of, bouncing a little bit and i was like i thought i was just excited just to do this episode and talk about what the mariners are doing and i guess it was an earthquake wow that's impressive I mean, usually when people feel trembling they'll mention something like i said you're a pro's pro no yeah we got to talk we got to get this episode in man we got it <laughs> we got to get it in it's it's huge fried bread and mustard a mariners podcast we have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler, do you have any of your favorite stories from the kingdom? There was a time we had an earthquake, and so we, they were going to evacuate the building. So I was like getting up to go and leave. And they go, no, you can't go. you got to read these safety <laughs> things. It's like, do we need to tell them that there's smoking's only on the exterior <laughs> ramp? Yeah. And Dave came shooting past. He signed off. I'm going, wait, I'm the only one here. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.